0: Hallelujah. In this atmosphere,
1: Dr. Ray, the Lord spoke to me and said, there's one more adventure. You have one more adventure. And a lot of times when you get to our age, and I I know you got a few on me, but a lot of times we want to hear the words security, stability. These are the words of our our age area. But the Lord says there's yet one adventure left. And 2018 is going to be a year that's going to position and set you up to be ready to go on that adventure. There are some yet I's to be dotted, T's to be crossed. And the Lord says that people have known you in a certain way And you have followed God's will and you have done what He's asked you to do. But the Lord says there's going to come uh, some... And when I say transition, I don't mean change away from anything. I'm talking about an enlargement that the Lord says I'm going to enlarge. I'm going to enlarge some things to where what is being enlarged will begin to overshadow and eclipse even that which has been done. And even in the early days, the Lord says when He when He baptized you in the Holy Spirit and He began to open up doors and you would look back in your life and you would say, man, Lord, that was, that was an adventure. That was, man, that was a crazy moment. That, that was just an unusual thing. The Lord says... I am bringing you now into a season of adventure that will now bring you into the fullness of your destiny. And the Lord says, that which I put in you and I called in you and which you have stepped into and spoken will now come to its fullness. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you a, 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 a partnership and some strategic relationships that are going to come to you that will cause this happening to spring forth out of Orlando. Even like a web that will go across not only America, but it will begin to invade other nations. And many will come and they will call you a spiritual father and they will say, help me in this thing. Show me this thing. Lead me in this thing. And your voice will be resonating all over the globe, says the Lord because of that which I will even begin to position and prepare you to do, even this year. Next year, at this same time, says the Lord, you will not believe that which I have accomplished as you come around, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, I sense that the windows are opening. The windows are opening in order for your voice to come through. And Lord, we want to hear what you have to say. So Lord, I pray right now that in this moment that you would speak to us through the word that is preached and taught to us, as well as the ministry that you've designed for this night. And, and Lord, we don't put any requirements upon you. What it is that you've designed, what you want to accomplish, that's what we're open for. We haven't come in order to reel you into what we want. We're here to step into what you're doing. So, Lord, you are honored, Jesus. Jesus, your name is the name above every name. And it's the name that's on our lips. Bless your people now. Many come with great need and great anticipation. And Lord, I wish in some ways it could be met by human hands, but only you can do it. So Lord, come do it. However you choose, come do it. May each of us say our hearts were were strangely warmed. Our hearts were strangely touched. Something significant happened that will forever be marked by because of this night, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Give the Lord a great big hand. Come on now. Whenever a little life gets inside of you, it needs to creep out. And before you're seated, because I know, I know we have guests and, and folks that have slipped in, and we're so glad you're here, so many great local churches represented. But let's just take a moment, and if you don't know someone, introduce yourself. Hug a neck, shake a hand, greet one another. Let's just take a moment and fellowship amongst the people of God and uh, just be a blessing and say hello. Amen. Thanks, guys. Great job tonight. again, we welcome everyone. We're glad you're here with us. I'm just giving some of my guys a heads up. We're going to receive an offering here in just a moment. And, uh, we've been doing that in the middle of service instead of at the end in order that, however, the Lord might lead the conclusion of our service with ministry. We, we don't have to call a timeout and, uh, and take care of some of the, the, the need and concern. So Uh, If those gentlemen will get ready to do that, we appreciate everybody sewing. We've been receiving offerings every time we've gathered in order to make sure we can uh, adequately uh, uh, host and bless these guests that have come to us. And we've mentioned that over and over, so I'll not belabor that point. Um, But just want to also say that uh, tomorrow's the Lord's Day. Many of you should be, need to be in your local church. So get to your local church, whatever time it starts, and be faithful in your house of God. We start here at about 9:40, I think. We pray, and then service begins around 10:30. So that's what's happening here uh, tomorrow, and then our last service is at 6 p.m. Uh, tomorrow night. And I suspect we'll have a great concluding uh, service as we've uh, as we've gathered here together. Uh, gentlemen, come on down. We're gonna we're gonna wait upon the people here. Thank you again uh, for your gifts. Uh, I can almost assure you 100% of what takes place these services go to help host our guests, and so we thank you uh, for your assistance in that regard. Gentlemen, I'm going to release you to wait upon the people. God bless you as you give. And as they're waiting upon the people, that gives me opportunity uh, to be able to introduce appropriately uh, our guest speaker tonight. Uh, I've appreciated all of our guests with us, and I need to probably introduce uh, formally and out loud, Stan Rodriguez, who's here who uh, is a point person at uh, Pastor Joe's local church with regards to the prophetic ministry. So Stan, we're glad you're here and thanks for coming and serving and and being a blessing uh, in this house as well. But tonight we have Dr. Ray Self. I could read Dr. Self's biography. It would be impressive enough. Uh, He's been a successful pastor, obviously an educator. Back on the back table, there are materials there. You can see a little bit about the International College of Ministry, which is an online opportunity for you to be trained in, in a broad spectrum of ministry, but especially the prophetic ministry as we're, as we're dealing with it right here, so you may want to check in on that. He has an amazing story about how God has worked in his life. We've been hearing some of those stories, but I've appreciated Dr. Self, I think a lot because you're an educator, and I think that's so very important. And uh, so that automatically touches my heart, but he loves people he 's a great, big, compassionate guy. Uh, I wish his wife could have come, and I know she wishes she could have come as well, but but you're tending to uh, a father's her father, I think, in in later year issues, and we certainly understand uh, that as as people age so uh, but he has just a wonderful, wonderful wife, and maybe someday in the future she can come as well. But uh, here at Legacy, we just like to honor the gift of God that resides in the one that comes to be amongst us. No man really deserves our applause, but God deserves our applause as he works inside of the man. And so we, lift, we jump to our feet and we honor the servant of the Lord. So Dr. Ray Self, thanks for coming to Legacy. Everyone stand as we bless you and say, uh, just let it rip, potato chip, give us the download. And we will appreciate it very, very much. God bless. Thank you. Right. Well, thank you very much.
2: I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, so that's why you'll hear every now and then, thank you, Bunker very much. I was actually raised with him, believe it or not. Um, that's true, but I haven't left the building yet. So, anyway, really glad to be here. It's, just, it's an honor and a privilege, and uh, I never take it take it lightly. You know, I do misbehave a little bit, especially when my wife isn't here because she's not on the front row, you know, doing that, you know, or that little head shake, like, you know, so. Or if she's sitting over here, if she hit, it would be here, I'd probably look in this direction. So, anyway, very glad to be here. Uh, Just way of introduction, um, my name is Ray Self, and very honored to be president of an online uh, Holy Spirit-filled college. Spirit and truth is our motto, and we, um, actually, it's very interesting school. Uh, our, my average student is probably, um, am I clicking slides not even knowing I'm clicking slides? Cool, I'm going to click back. Okay, cool. Hey, right. I did that. That's cool. I got, to, I have power. <laughs> okay, amen. Uh, it's an online uh, ministry. It's, for, it's really training people for whatever God's called you to. I mean, we have degrees in Christian counseling very strong program in counseling, ministry, theology, and prophetic ministry, associates, bachelor's, master's, doctorate. We give credit for your life experience and credit for any previous education. So a lot of you, if you choose to enroll, you have advanced placement. We're credited by uh, the largest Christian accrediting organization in the world, Accrediting Commission International. So we're very excited. There's some literature on the back. If the Lord leads you, just check the literature. Go to the website, and we're glad to help you out with that. Amen. So... If the Lord leads you, appreciate it. Uh, There's a couple of books back there. Now I'm doing the infomercial. uh, There's my book, which is really good. There's Pastor Joe's book, which is all right. Um, (laughs) This is uh, this is redeeming your past and finding your promised land. And you know, for years I worked in the corporate America. I was 44 years old. I was a corporate guy. I Actually, owned and founded over six different companies, and uh, was pretty successful. Made a lot of money and. You know, I was just, uh, but I was constantly a square peg in a round hole. I, honestly, 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 in my life, I never found peace. I never found satisfaction. I honestly thought if I made more money, had a bigger car, had more boats, whatever, I would I would be happy. And I literally did all that stuff, had the big house, had the boats, had the cars. And anyway, it, for some reason, I never could find any satisfaction. It was like the old Rolling Stone song, you know, the old timers, I can't get no satisfaction but i try i try okay y'all don't know that song okay amen but i was but one day i found my purpose and my call and this is about getting getting over your stuff and getting into what god's called you to do how do you get over your stuff so you can get into your promised land what god has created you to do that's what that is about that's on the back And the joe wrote a really, really really good book called battle for your life and you know the enemy has schemes against us the Bible says we should not be unaware of Satan's schemes. And this is how to discover the scheme against your life and how to beat that scheme. It's a, it's a great book on spiritual warfare, deliverance, identity, very powerful book. Both those books are on the back table, and please avail yourself. His is free. Mine cost a little bit. So, no, it's <laughs> not. I think Joe's book is $12. Mine's $10. Okay. We appreciate you very much. So I want to get into the, to the prophetic gift. You know, I have a prophetic conference, and I want to get into prophetic gift. I'm probably going to go different directions. I tend to flow and go and see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So, you know, let's just see what the Spirit of God wants to do. Amen? I try to be spirit-led, and sometimes I'm flesh-led. And what, what Rod Agliar says, sometimes I'm carnal, sometimes I'm spiritual. I, I kind of relate to that, okay? I can do both, so... Uh, we know that this is a very familiar scripture Uh you know, wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, forbid not to speak in tongues. That's in the King James. And the interesting word here is it says covet to prophesy. There's a lot of spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible, right? We know nine in Corinthians, but we got one that said covet this particular one, covet to prophesy. I got to ask you something. Is this an option or a, a wish? Is he saying, gee, folks, if you feel like it, how about coveting to prophesy? it's actually not an optional thing. It's really a commandment. Amen. It really is. If we're Bible believers, this is actually a command of the Lord. Another commandment is pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Again, it's not optional. I mean, I didn't write it. The Holy Spirit wrote it, you know, with Paul's hand, but it, it was written to the church, it was written to the church that had the that had the spirit flowing, and Paul said something very interesting. He said, you know, the first thing you do is pursue love, because without love nothing else really matters. God is love. If you're not motivated by love, if you're not if you're not doing it because of love, please don't do it. You go after love. But go after love. But desire earnestly spiritual gifts. I mean that's not like, oh, gee, folks, you know, someday if you're thinking about it or um, maybe perhaps, gee, I wish you would do this. No, he said do this. This is our Heavenly Father because I believe the Bible is the Word of God. Amen? Or as they would say in the old times, the Word of God. It's the Word of God. Amen? That's what Charlton Heston would put it that way. It's, it's the Word of God, and it is, this is a commandment. And why would God ask me to desire something if I couldn't do it? You know, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be kind of a mean trick? I was talking, what is the other morning, mm-hmm. like, would you ask your child, if you have a, maybe a, a 10-year-old, say, a 10-year-old son, you say, hey, son, you know what I want you to do? Let's say it's last November. What I really want you to do is I want you to desire to have a new bicycle for Christmas. How about that, son? Could you desire that? What a great gift for you. Why don't you go ahead, son, and desire to have a new bicycle for Christmas? I'm not going to give it to you. But I want you to desire it. I mean, Nobody could even even fathom doing that unless you're some kind of really sick parent. And I don't think God would ask us to desire something he wouldn't give us. He would not ask us to desire something he wouldn't give us. And then he says, especially prophecy. Of all the gifts, especially prophecy. He wants us to desire the gift of healing. He wants us to desire words of knowledge and words of wisdom. He wants us to desire faith and miracles and tongues, interpretation of tongues. He wants us to desire all of those gifts, amen? But he said especially one. And I really think that Paul is a common sense writer. You know, Paul did a lot of things in Scripture that to me was not really heavy stuff. He wrote stuff that was just kind of, I call them, I call them like duh scriptures. You know, like let the prophets speak one at a time. Well, duh, that kind of makes common sense. You know, let the prophets judge the other prophets because they understand them. Well, duh, it kind of makes common sense. You know, and you know, and it says uh, the women should uh, not quit disrupting the church. You know, I said okay. Well, duh, it's nothing against women, but in that particular culture, apparently there was a problem in that particular church where the women were interrupting the service. Okay. Uh, he also, he actually had this thing about women. He said, women, don't dress like prostitutes when you come to church. You know, he he did. He said, quit cutting your hair like a prostitute. What, you know, temple prostitutes in those days, they cut their hair very short. And they wore a lot of makeup and jewelry. They were actually prostitutes in the pagan culture they came out of that they worked in the temple. Amen. And Paul was telling the women, you know, don't dress up and, and look like a prostitute when you come to church. We don't want people to think you're a prostitute. Well, duh. Okay, this is kind of common. So I don't think this is anything scientific. I think what he's saying is that the voice of God, which is prophecy, is the most important thing. The most important thing. I want to tell you something, folks. No matter what we do as a church, as a father, uh, as a wife, as as a boss, whatever we're doing, there's nothing more important than hearing what my Father has to say in heaven. Amen? We need to hear what he has to say for our nation. We need to hear what he has to say for Charleston. We need to hear what he has to say. I need to know what he needs to say to my child. I need to know what he needs to say to my church. Amen. And Lord knows me, know what he needs to say to Joe. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I don't really pick on Joe much because you, you wouldn't believe what all he's done to me. I mean, oh my gosh. He looks so innocent, but he's really not. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Next scripture. Next scripture is. Uh, but all things must be done properly in an orderly manner, you know apparently that church had gotten kind of crazy. They' sort of gotten wacky with it. Have you ever noticed anybody got any any old time charismatics here you know i am one have we not seen some stuff? okay, come on anybody, anybody? <laughs> if if you're an old time spirit filled guy or, or gal, we have seen some stuff i mean we got we could all tell stories like oh, I remember nineteen eighty eight you remember that manifest? oh my gosh, you know and We could tell some stories, and I have seen, you know, charismatic church kind of like the uh, old Clint Eastwood movies, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, (laughs) the good, the bad, and the weird. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I I am charismatic. I'm a spirit-filled, charismatic guy, but, you know, we've seen some stuff, but Paul said, hey, guys, got some more common-sense advice for you. It's really better if we do this thing orderly. Let's do it. In an orderly manner, all things do it in an orderly manner, and, it, and it's not order is not to squelch the gift, it's not to stifle the gift, it's actually to grow the gift. And what I have found out the way God works, when you do it in order and you do it the way it's supposed to be done, the gift will flow. Amen. I had a situation, for example, in my church, um, I, church I pastored a church in Olive Branch, Mississippi, the mighty metropolis of Olive Branch, Mississippi. Just if you ever been to Memphis, it's the little town just before you get to Memphis. Okay. And uh, it was a very, you know, it was a very strange little church, amen. Not strange, it was a great little church. I founded it, you know, many years ago. It was a multicultural church that turned out uh, not to be multicultural anymore. It turned into a 100% African-American church except for me and my wife. And um, we have no idea how that happened. We didn't care. It was just a just a great church, amen. You know, our praise and worship is a little bit different, and, boy, we could dance. <laughs> we get our praise on, amen, and we do, we do that. <laughs> You know the high, yeah we we got it. I mean, oh long. we could hoop and hack, and we had fun. Amen. It was good. I mean, it, I mean, spirit would fall. It was good stuff. I liked it. Anyway, anyway. So, but during praise and worship, there was this one girl. I won't. I'll, I'll call her name Mary. Okay, and she had a prophetic gift. And every every time praise and worship in the anointing, it would get going. Like the anointing was awesome during praise and worship. Oh my gosh. Holy cow, did the spirit fall or what? He's, he's still here. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We just welcome you here. But every time praise and worship would start, this one girl with a prophetic gift, she would go grab somebody, pick them up by the hand, lead them into the foyer, and begin to prophesy to them. I mean, and then she did it once, and I, I saw it, and I went, what is she doing? They got to go to the restroom or something? You know, women have to go together. I've never understood that. That is weird. I mean, have you ever seen a guy ever say, hey, man, you want to go to the restroom with me? <laughs> Never. If you've ever done that, your man card is void and completely just tear it up, amen? But women have to go in pairs. So I just figured, you know, they're going to the restroom because women can't go by themselves. And so, but it turns out she's prophesying to her. And she did it like three times. This happened. That the third time, I actually stopped the service. And I said, Mary stop you're out of order please stop and you know they, they sit down the service continues it was kind of an awkward moment you know with the kids go awkward but anyway it was an awkward moment afterwards you know I went up to Mary and I said Mary I'm really sorry but that was just wrong you can't interrupt the service you can wait the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets you can wait she goes Dr. Self you just don't understand my gift I said, yeah, I understand you're out of order. She said, no, I'm not out of order. You just don't understand what's going on with me. I said, yeah, yeah, I do understand what's going on. That was out of order. Please don't do that again. She eventually submitted and became extremely powerful, very anointed, uh, ended up getting her doctorate degree, and, uh, but at first she didn't like it. But it drew attention to herself, and that's one thing that's out of order. If, you, if the prophetic gift is drawing attention to you or disrupting, that's not going to be the Holy Spirit. So, one thing I'll always say, Joe mentioned this, is the revelation. See, the prophetic people, they have a revelation. They really do. They're hearing something from God, and it's inspirational. It's revelational. I mean, it's a rhema word, it's good stuff. But what happens is prophetic people get into pride. I've got this revelation. Pastor Joe doesn't understand my revelation. I tried to tell him he wouldn't let me get up in front of the church, he wouldn't give me the microphone. I have revelation, so I don't. I'm gonna go down to Journey Church and try it, you know. And they go down there, and they, they, they the revelation is not quite received, and they then they end up floating around from church to church. Next thing you know, they're complete lone rangers. They're out on their own. They're like Elijah in the cave. Amen. And I know all kinds of prophetic people that fall into that trap. But the thing what the Lord showed me so clearly is pastors have another spiritual gift that we don't have. And I want to tell you, church legacy and, and whatever church you're with, Pastor Kevin or whoever church you're with, the Lord downloads wisdom to the pastor for the church that he does not download to the other people. He downloads wisdom to the, for the pastor, for that church, for the service that he's not downloading to you and he's not downloading to me. I go to Freedom Fellowship Church in Orlando. I don't understand why Joe does some of the things he does. A lot of people don't actually. No, <laughs> anyway... But I do know that he has a gift of wisdom to run that church. And I don't care what revelation I have, I'm going to submit it to his wisdom. Moses had this same problem. He had wisdom. The children of Israel didn't get it. They wanted to vote him out in the first two weeks. That's just the way God works, and so you may not understand what's going on with your pastor, why he's doing what he's doing, why he's thinking what he's thinking, but your revelation needs to submit, and what will happen is, see, the world says, well, if you submit, you're being controlled. Your pastor, he's got a control issue. He's just trying to control you. Your gift is that he doesn't appreciate you. It's the exact opposite. When you submit, your gift will grow. When you submit, your anointing will grow, and when you submit, you will flow, Amen. It was honestly, when I came down to Orlando about ten years ago, I had a pretty large ministry. As a matter of fact, in in my time in Little Olive Branch, Mississippi, I was actually I was running a college there, and I had over ten thousand students come through in about ten year period. I had a ton of students, had a thriving church and had all this stuff. The Lord had told me to lay it down, moved to Orlando and he actually told me to submit to Joe Warner. Well I could have come there, hey, Pastor Joe, I- I'm Doctor Ray Self, you know. I'm a pastor, I'm president of a college, and got a couple of schools. I got schools in four or five cities. I think I had schools in seven cities at that time. Dr. Self, I'm Dr. Ray Self. You know, uh, if you don't come under my covering, that will be just fine with me. The Lord said, no, you submit to him. And I didn't do anything in that church without asking Joe for permission. And I still don't. And what happened was I could not, my story is once I did that, you know, I just ministered in Olive Branch, Mississippi, in Memphis, Tennessee. That's all I ever did. Once I did that, doors began to open up for me all over the United States, and since that time I've also been to seven nations, things I could have never imagined. You know when the Bible says in Ephesians, He wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ever ask? That's what happens when you do things in an orderly way, and you submit with the way God wants you to submit, and you do it in God's order. He wants to give you more than you could ever think of. He wants to do His ways are not your ways, His thoughts are not your thoughts, if you will submit, you 'll actually see more than you could ever imagine. Amen. It's the exact opposite of what the world would say and that happened to me amen I mean I would never give i still don 't give a prophetic word without checking check, check in with Joe when I, when I go up to the church. I mean when I go up you know we get prophetic words, but we always we were always check the prophetic word before it's before it's given. I got to do something really fun one day. Joe wasn't there, and they actually put me on the front row. He said, Dr. Ray, your job now is to judge prophetic words before they're given. Okay? I said, oh, that's cool. I got the power. Amen? So it was Sunday service, and I got to judge prophetic words before they were given. And um, this guy named Chuck came up. And Chuck is actually a very well-known prophet. And uh, he came up to me during the service, and he whispered in my ear, and he said, Dr. Ray, I got a prophetic word. I said, well, Chuck, tell me what it is. I was gonna see if we wanted to release this word to the church because Joe wasn't there and the elders weren't there either. And Chuck gives me this incredible word. It was really good. I looked at Chuck and I said, That's the worst word I've ever heard, Chuck. Go sit down. Chuck, you know, just bowed his head and walked over. Then I said, Oh, just kidding, Chuck. Come on back up. But anyway, that's the last time they let me judge prophetic words. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Anyway, prophetic gift has been used to bless, create miracles, bring the flow of the Spirit, call people to ministry, confirm the will of God for the church, and much more. The prophetic gift does a lot of stuff, folks, amen? The prophetic gift will create blessings. There's something about speaking a word of God into the atmosphere that really produces things, amen? It's very important. matter of fact, when you get a prophetic word, it's very important to proclaim that word into the atmosphere, speak that word into the atmosphere, amen? This, 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 I don't know, what about it? Maybe you're letting the demons know they can't touch it. Amen. But proclaiming God's word, shout to the mountain. Okay. Amen. It shall be, as in Job, he said, it shall be done unto you. It creates blessings. It, it, the prophetic word can bring a flow of the spirit. Did you notice like, I mean, I was very blessed. And what an incredible word. Holy cow, pastor. I'm still blown away by that word you gave. But it, it, it brings uh, an anointing with it. When, the, when, the, when there's a really good prophetic word, it, it brings an anointing. I think one of the reasons Paul in Corinthians, he kept saying, earnestly he desired to prophesy because he said, He who prophesies edifies the church. Paul was always about the good of the everybody. In other words, he was saying tongues builds me up. Tongues builds you up. But prophecy builds everybody up. Prophecy builds everybody up. And Paul wanted everybody to be blessed, not just you. In prophecy, I don't know about the prophetic word that I was getting here uh, from. It was really it was directed at me, but I would imagine it might have blessed a lot of other people because it can be. There's an overflow with prophetic words. You know what I'm saying? There's it it flows over. You want to be around people getting a prophetic word because it may be for you too. Amen. And there's an anointing with it. So it, it it it. Decree calls people to ministry. Now, look at the impact. I want to show you a prophetic word that's impacting this church. It's probably why this church is here. So, we go to a very familiar scripture, Acts 13, 1 through 4, and the word Antioch and the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who's also called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Mani- Manion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, prophetic word, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And when they fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away, have been sent by the Holy Spirit. They went on from there. And what happened was Paul's missionary journeys began. And those missionary journeys established churches all over the known world. Because of those missionary journeys, because of this beginning prophetic word, two-thirds of the New Testament was written. Two-thirds, we're still studying the effects of this prophecy. This prophecy created a ripple effect, created a snowball going downhill that is still affecting us 2,000 years later. We're still being impacted by the fact that there was a word came out that you're to set apart these guys, you're to call them to the ministry, and you're going to send them out with a laying of hands prophetically, and we're still impacted by that. We're still studying this book of Corinthians. We're studying right now. It's because of that prophetic word. Ephesians is because of that prophetic word. Colossians is because of that prophetic word. Hebrews, maybe we're not quite sure. But okay, (laughs) amen. And this is the same thing with you. It It may launch your ministry. It may launch your life. It can change your world. And all of us are called to do this. All of us. All of us prophetic gift now I have to tell you when it's misused it can cause a little pain amen and it does and I, I've seen you know misuses of it I've seen it freak people out well really, I had a instance we had a, a prophetic school going on up in Olive Branch Mississippi You guys love that name what a cool name for a town Amen. Olive Branch Mississippi amen when I moved there it was about 5,000 people it's now 22,000 people amen so there was a really pretty single mom there she had long blonde hair blue eyes very very attractive okay and we had a class on the pro- on prophecy and there was a young single guy there who was you know he was kind of I think checking her out so to speak and class is over she goes out to her car in the parking lot we did not have a security guard out there and he says I have a word for you in a, a park what do we call this it? a Parking lot prophecy. You know, we have parking lot prophecies, hallway, hallucinations, restroom, revelations. This is a parking lot prophecy, amen? And he says, I hear the Lord saying, you are to give me your phone number. I believe the Lord has put us together. Freaked her out. She literally comes running in the church, crying, and comes up to me, Dr. Ray, Dr. Ray, Dr. Ray, please help me, please help me, please help me. Now, that is a prophetic word out of order. I want to tell you something. I had a responsibility there. That was my fault. This guy was out of order, but you know what? I was in charge. And what happens is well, if you go out of this church and you start doing some prophetic things out in the hall and and, out, and and Pastor Kevin doesn't know about it or the elders don't know about it and you get kind of weird and wacky and you cause some damage, I want to tell you something. It, legacy can be held accountable for it. That's why we do want to do things in order. Amen. I'm not saying we don't want to do it, but we just want to do it in an orderly way. Amen. And then, you know, I, I got to tell you something. If I had a nickel for every bad prophetic word I've ever been given, you know, I'd be very, very rich right now. Amen. You're going to get bad prophetic words. You're going to get terrible prophetic words. You're going to get words that are ridiculous. You're going to get words like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just got that word." You know what I what I say to that? So what? Don't freak out about it. I mean, some people get all people do freak out, but there's nothing to worry about. I've always say this. You know, if it's not of Jesus Christ, it's not going to come to pass. Amen. And sometimes what I do when I get a lot of people, you know one of the big things of being a pastor is that people like to gather around them in a big group and prophesy over them, and that's sometimes that 's scary i 've stood sometimes in a church and be like ten people around me prophesying, and what i 'll do sometimes is I 'll say this little prayer, "Oh Lord Jesus, I just clean the blood, <laughs> Whatever's of you, Lord, I receive whatever is you." I literally will say that to myself, you know I just pray a little prayer, but you know what I have the Holy Spirit in me, you have the Holy Spirit in you. I, I pretty much know what's of the Lord, if it's not of the Lord, amen, because it bears witness in my spirit. If it's not of the Lord, just let it fall to the ground, because, you know, we're all human beings, you know, we, we're we all human beings, and what I like to do when, when we give prophetic words is say, this is what I believe I hear the Lord saying, but, you know, you can pray about it, amen, amen, you know, I, I really believe this is what I hear the Lord saying, but, you know, I'm I'm not perfect, you know, I'm a little bit better than Joe with it, but I'm not, no, just kidding, <laughs> This is revenge because he's been after me for all week long, amen. <laughs> amen. All right, I need to behave. My wife is not here, you can tell, amen. Um, we talked about that. Uh, the prophetic gift, when used properly, will create blessings. The one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. You know, we have talked about this, you know, during the conference. One thing people don't talk about too much is exhortation can actually also be correction. See, I can exhort you and encourage you, but I can also encourage you in your ability not to sin. I can encourage you to change your behavior. The Lord can actually encourage you to stop something you're doing. So it can't be correction, but it's done in uh, an exhorting way, more of a counseling way. Of course, we know edification means to build up, and consolation, some versions say, say comfort. You know, Paul said the gift of prophecy is the most important gifts of the Spirit. And I'm not trying to overemphasize that, but I am, Paul emphasized it. He emphasized it repeatedly. So, I mean, you know, why not? It is important. And we're all called to desire spiritual gifts. We're all called to desire. Do you know, um, it says uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says the manifestation of spirits for the common good. And again, we're to desire these gifts because it's for the good of people around you. I'll just be really blunt with you right now. I'll be really blunt. If you do not desire this, and I'm gonna say this with love, it's self-centered or selfish because you're you're hurting people, you're depriving people of a potential blessing. Okay, maybe you have the gift of healing, and you be, or God wants to give you the gift of healing, and part the gift of healing, but but you're not really desiring it. You're not paying an attention to it, and somebody is needlessly suffering a disease that possibly you could have laid hands on them and caused them to be well amen so not to desire these see paul was wanted everybody to be blessed he wanted everybody to desire spiritual gifts this was not something he was hoping he would do he said everyone should desire spiritual gifts because hearing god's voice and and using the gifts is so vital to everybody's well-being not to do it is selfish so, say, well, yeah, but I can't do that. I've heard it so many times. Dr. Self, I can't prophesy. That's not my gift. You know what I say to that? I say, yeah, I'm not even going to say it. But something like pants on fire, or liar, I don't know, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> pursue love, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you would prophesy. I'm just, I'm emphasizing that tonight. Amen. So, you know, the three commandments here, pursue love, God's love desire spiritual gifts. In the Greek, that means be zealous for them, especially to prophesy. Now, these are three commandments in one scripture. Three commandments in one scripture. They're not, you know, we say, well, you know, I I believe in the Bible because so, uh, you know, I tithe. Great. Well, this is... Part of the Bible, too. Amen. This is a clear commandment as well. I believe in the Bible because I'm always good to people. I, I, I treat people as I would have them treat me. I, I do the golden rule. Amen. Um, I, I forgive, so I'll be forgiven. You know, I, I do not judge, so I will not be judged. Uh, I show mercy, so I shall receive mercy. I, I do all that stuff. But do you do this one? I mean, do we? I, I, you know, I'm not condemning this because I was just never... I don't know how I missed this. All my All my life in the church... It just was never, nobody ever really emphasized that to me, but that's what the Bible says. It's not Ray Self saying it. It's the Bible saying it. Okay. Amen. Okay. You know, sometimes we can get fleshly and we can twist to give. You know, everything can be perverted. You know, don't be discouraged by misuses. Satan will only counterfeit what's valuable. Has anybody ever seen a counterfeit $1 bill? You have? (laughs) Really, Normally, you use counterfeit, they'll start at least a 20 amen, and more likely you'll see a counterfeit 50 or a counterfeit $100 bill. If it's valuable, it's going to be counterfeited, and Satan will try to counterfeit. It doesn't really bother me, because I have the Holy Spirit in me, you have the Holy Spirit in you. We can recognize a counterfeit, amen? We can. There's a lot of counterfeit out there, but that's because it's good. As a matter of fact, when I see something counterfeit, I go, wow, this must be really important, so I need to pay attention to it. That's why you, we were talking about the revivals in uh, Brownsville and, and all these, uh, what, Toronto and all these revivals. And, and some weird stuff, counterfeit stuff got in there and tried to discredit it. But actually, what that counterfeit told me was God must have really been doing something because Satan was really trying to discredit it. And so, when you see a counterfeit gift, praise God, that means there must be something real important going on, or the devil would never try to counterfeit it. So, don't be discouraged by it. Kind of be, maybe, encouraged. Whoa, it's being counterfeited? We need to pay attention. Amen. There's counterfeit preachers out there. Why? Because there's incredible preachers. There's counterfeit prophets. You know why? Because there's incredible prophets. There's counterfeit evangelists. You know why? Because there's amazing evangelists out there. Amen? There's counterfeit TV preachers. I know that's kind of hard to believe. But there are amazing TV preachers out there. That's why they're counterfeited. The Bible's true. We've got to pay attention. There's a clear mandate that we are to desire to prophesy. Amen. I wish all that you'd spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. I want all of you to speak in tongues. You know, key to my Honda. Can anybody interpret that? Okay, let's try it. Tongues with interpretation. We should practice this. Here she comes riding on a Honda. Anybody got the interpretation of that? Uh, They they don't have that gift yet, okay? Key to my Honda. Can you interpret that one? You you guys don't have the gift, obviously. Okay, but anyway, he wanted everybody to speak in tongues but even more that you to prophesy. So what I want to get into tonight, this is kind of the, 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 big, the big thing where I'm, where I'm headed with. is called impartation activation, because what I want to do tonight is I want to impart this gift to you. You see, when you have a gift from God, it's meant to give away. The gift that I have, the gift that Joe has, the gift that Stan has, is not for us, it's for you. And the gift that God wants to give you is not for you, it's for the people around you. Amen. You know, it's kind of like um, the way it works is you don't go shopping at Walmart for Christmas and keep your Christmas gifts all for yourself, okay? The reason you have these gifts is so you can give them to somebody, amen? And that's what we want to do. So we want to be imparted. Now, in 1 Peter 4.10, it's each one has received a special gift. Stop right there. Receive something. So apparently, there's a way to receive this, Right? If, if step one, is each one has received it, that's what the principle of impartation. Then it says, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So two steps here. <laughs> you receive it, you give it away. Receive it, give it away. Receive it, give it away. I can't give you a 20 if I don't have a 20. Amen? You give me a 20, I'll give one back to you. No, no. no. Actually, God did that to me one time. I was, I was doing a class one night, and... Uh, it was one of those late-night classes, and I was a, a single i was single pastor for a long time. I really was, and I was hungry. I was hungry. And I had 20 bucks in a wallet. That's all I had. And, man, I was thinking Chinese buffet. I, I will break for a good Chinese buffet. I will absolutely break for a Chinese buffet. You know, General Sal's chicken and cashew chicken and all that kind of stuff. They have the same thing on every one of them, but by the way. You know, it's all brown rice, you know, hot and sour soup, wonton soup. Sesame chicken, general style chicken, you know, broccoli and chicken, pepper steak. I mean, I know them all. They all got something, but i break. I had twenty bucks. Lord said, I want you to give this money to so and so. I said, I rebuke you, Satan. In the name of Jesus. That's one of those fleshly words. In the name of Jesus. You. Um, don't you know I'm hungry? I want you to give this money. I said, I, I, Satan, you give, you devil, you devil, you liar, liar. And I could not shake it three times. Could not shake it. So I had 20, I bu- so all I had was 20 bucks, and I was really hungry. At that time, I don't think I had a debit card or credit card on me, and uh, so I gave 20 bucks to so-and-so, so-and-so, and I said, oh, thank you, oh, Dr. Selfie, thank you so much, oh, oh my God, oh, my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. So oh, yeah, no problem, no problem, son of a, no problem. So I'm really happy to do it, you know, God bless you. God. So anyway, so I walked out into the parking lot, and just, you know, getting ready to get in my car. One of my students walked up and said, oh, Dr. Self, before you leave, I forgot to tell you, Lord told me to give you this. And he hands me $40. And it was just a little test, you know. I didn't do so well with it, you know. I kind of, but, but he still let me pass the test anyway, okay, amen. I grumbled a little bit. But that's sort of the way God works. You've got to give it away, amen. So, you know, you know I tried, I tried. Another scripture with that is, um, there's another scripture with activation. Uh, where, where is it? First uh, Timothy 4.14 is a very another you know, scripture. Guys, get ready because you're going to do this. You're, what? Me? Yep, you. Um, okay, First Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you which was bestowed on you. Do not neglect the gift which was bestowed on you through the prophetic utterance and the laying on of hands by the Presbytery. Okay? Okay, that's the, pres- that's the, pres- the Presbyterian church has to do this. Do not neglect. Well, that's what it says. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. Now do not neglect means use it. Bestowed on you means be imparted with it. Amen. So be imparted with it, use it. So the principle is very simple. Receive it, give it away. Receive it, give it away. Receive it, give it away. And that's what we want to do tonight. I really, the Lord has used me to impart this gift all over the world, literally. Um, And I've seen it time and time again. I've, I've prayed over hundreds of people, sometimes groups of, of three, four, five hundred people and seen them all prophesy um, and because, you know, God's Word is true. God's Word is true. Amen. God's Word, it works. It works. It works. So this is what we want to do tonight. We must know how to be imparted and activated and know how to use spiritual gifts in an orderly way. Amen. 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 They do not come from natural ability is an attitude of surrender and ability to trust God. So all you have to do is say, God, I trust you. You can't force this thing. You cannot make this thing happen. You have to literally surrender. You know, it doesn't work like, um, okay, okay, I'm going to make myself get a word here, okay, a word. Who had, who had a prophetic word, I mean, or lately, or anybody want a prophetic word? I'm stepping out here. This is hard now. Somebody help me out. Prophetic word? Somebody want a prophetic word? I'm really serious. Here, I'll point you out. You want a prophetic word? <laughs> okay, I got you. I'm you Okay, I got you. This pointer's great. We're coming up, coming up. So, what I want to do is is step out and surrender. Right now, I'm just trusting God. You know, I'm just literally trusting God. You say, "Well, you got the gift." No, I, I'm just going to trust God, and I'm going to show you a principle here. So, what we want to do is we must pay clear attention. Now, let me go on back. I think I keep hitting the button when I'm not trying to hit the button. So stepping out means doing something despite your feelings or fears. Now, I'm going to step out, and I'm a little bit nervous about this. I, I really am. But I'm going to step out. That's the way ministry works. Remember the old charismatic thing? Uh, you, you have to wait till you get this unction, which is a strange word. You know that, that uh, un- unction? Unction, <laughs> unction like, an uncle, like an uncle unction, unction. You know, you know, you wouldn't do anything until you get this unction. You know, i got a, I got an unction for you. But that's not the way ministry works. It doesn't work that. You, can, you know, if you're a, you're a pastor and somebody asks you for prayer, you can't go, sorry, I don't have an unction. You know, I don't have an unction today. If I get an unction, I'll let you know and I'll pray for you, okay? You want to be saved? No, I don't have the unction right now. But this is your first time to receive Christ. Sorry, there's no unction here. But you can't do that. You have to step out. Amen? You're sick? Lord says you're sick and you're not going to make it. Uh, no unction. I'm sorry, but once I get the unction, I'll be sure I minister to you. That's you can't do that in ministry. And we're all called to minister. Amen. So it means doing something despite your fears. Faith creates boldness. Faith comes over. Faith comes overcomes fear every time. Joe Warner talks about this all the time. He says one of the greatest signs that you have the Holy Spirit is boldness. Well, I thought it was tongues. No, actually I think I think he's right. I think boldness is. The Holy Spirit will have you do things that you just can't even imagine that you would you would ever do. Amen. I mean just, just crazy, crazy boldness. And uh if we're followers of Christ, we've gotta hear his voice. One way Jesus speaks is through pop. You, how long can you stand there? For? I got about ten, fifteen more minutes. You okay, you good right there? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know uh <laughs> You know, I was, uh, I'll just tell you real quick one story of I do want to pray for you because I want to show a principle of prophecy with you. That'd be okay? You, know, you don't mind standing there, right there? Is this your good sign? Are they seeing your good? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, I was in Guatemala, way up in the mountains. Anybody ever been to the Guad- Guatemala trip with Bart Biddle? Oh, my gosh. It, it's uh. well, Bart. I should have known something. We're in this village way, like, seven, eight-hour drive up in the mountains called LMA. It's up a gravel road that shouldn't even be a road, just washed out half the time on the side of a mountain. It's like the trip is, like, very, very, very scary just to get there. And my wife was with me, and his wife was with me. And all of a sudden, Bart says, Ray, I want to go to another village, and uh, I think we need to leave our wives behind. That should have been a warning for me, okay? So we left our wives behind. He says, we're going to drive up the road another hour and a half or so to this other village. And uh, it's called Belahu. Hu, I think Joe has been there. And so uh, we're, we're driving to this other village, and on the way there, Bart, the, the missionary, who's a long-term missionary to Guatemala, he says, oh, Dr. Ray, uh, I thought I might tell you something. I said, what is it, Bart? Well, last time I was at this village, they tied me to a pole and poured gasoline on me and told me if they ever came back, they'd burn me alive. He said, they tried to burn you alive? Well, they tried to burn me alive before, but I prayed and they didn't do it. But they said, if I came back, they really were going to burn me alive. I said, and this is where you're taking me? Yeah, this is where we've we got to go preach the gospel, these people. I said, oh. <laughs> so then to make it even better, we go by this other village on the way. He says, yeah, a couple of missionaries were beheaded over there last year, but we're not going to go in that village. Oh, well, that's good, Bart. That's, I, I, I'm feeling the option not to go to that village. And so, so he takes me to Bellahoo. We pull into this marketplace. There's about 1,000 people there. Uh, literally, just people everywhere. I'm, going, I'm scared out of my brains. I really am. What do you want me to do, Bart? And he, all of a sudden, he stops. He pulls out this big PA system out of the back of his truck, sets it up on top of the truck, plugs it into the cigarette lighter of the truck, hands me the microphone and says, preach to him. And all of a sudden, boldness came on me. And I told him, I'm Dr. Ray Self. I'm from America. I have, I have a verse for you. And if you believe me, you'll go to heaven. But if you do not hear what I say today, you will all go to hell. And I couldn't believe those words came out of my mouth. And I said, I read John three sixteen and 17 where it says, those that believe in me shall not be condemned. Those that believe not are condemned already. And I actually read that verse and preached that verse to them, and it was not me. I really could not, still to this day, I cannot believe I did that. And it was not Ray's self. It was the boldness of the Holy Spirit when you're willing to step out. Amen? Even though you're scared. And that's kind of what prophecy and ministry is like sometimes. You're scared, but you do it anyway. You're nervous, but you do it anyway. And you make people stand up and be awkward as long as possible before you minister to them. Okay? (laughs) Okay. You know, uh, you know, if we're followers of Christ, we've got to hear his voice. Everybody says, well, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. How are you going to follow Jesus if you don't recognize his voice? You know, shepherds don't get behind you like they do in rawhide. You head them up. Move them out. Ha! Shepherds walk in front of the sheep and call the sheep. And the sheep hear the sound of the shepherd's voice, and they walk that way. And we're all called to hear the voice of our shepherd, Jesus Christ, which is prophecy. One of his voices is prophecy. He speaks through the word and dreams and a lot of other ways. But if we can prophesy and hear his voice, we can follow him. Amen? Amen. So anyway, that's kind of, it's recognized the voice. We all have the ability to do this. So let's talk about impartation and uh, prophecy and how we're going to do this. Now, one of the ways, what I want to do tonight is I just want to pray for the Holy Spirit to fall and impart this gift to you. If you're you're desiring it and you want to have it. Amen? That's as simple as it gets. then I want to give you, I'm going to show you a a test run on how to do this thing. I'm going to do a how-to. One of the easiest ways to prophesy to someone is to get in front of them. Okay, you first, you ask them for payment. (laughs) That's all you got. Well, let me, this is all you're going to get. Okay. (laughs) So if they don't pay you, you still, you give them to them, but you don't give them quite as much. (laughs) No. What you do... Can anybody? Can everybody here pray for someone? Have you? Have you? Everybody here? Can you say? Yeah, I know how to pray for people. I can pray for someone. That's how you do it. You literally put. What's your name? Priscilla. Priscilla. I remember that. Okay, Jane. I got it. Okay. No, you just pray, and as you pray, try to listen, people, and you'll be surprised at how all of a sudden the Lord starts speaking through your prayer, prophetic words through your prayer, and it's really not hard to do. And guess what? If you don't really hear anything from God, you've prayed for him and done something really good anyway. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Priscilla. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come now. We just bless Priscilla in the name of Jesus Christ. We just ask for your spirit of prophecy to fall right now. I ask you the spirit of prophecy to fall on Priscilla. I ask you to impart this gift to her now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. And Priscilla, I just i just got this impression of you're one who's bold and steps out and you've tried a number of things, but you've had a number of failures, um, you know, things that you thought were going to work, but it just did not work out the way you thought. There were three major ones, but the Lord said, uh, you do not quit. You are faithful. You are faithful. And Lord, I hear the Galatians that you'll reap a harvest in due season if you faint not, and I believe I hear the word, I'm going to be specific, I'm going to hear the word April. I see there's a harvest coming, there's um, seeds you've planted, there's things you've started, you've actually talked to a couple of people and you you shared the ideas with them but it, nothing seemed to happen from it. Uh, you planted seeds of this vision but it seemed like everything was dead and you've tried this, you, you failed at a particular job but you're in a new career right now which is working much better for you. But I do see fruit coming, I see a uh, uh, a harvest coming. is something about, I hear the month of April, I hear the month of April, in the name of Jesus Christ. I hear that you have a, uh, a great um, organizational skills and management skills, but you've been kind of working beneath what you have for you. The Lord's going to move you more into a management position, more in the management area, in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that's what the Lord's saying. Is that
1: okay? Thank you. Okay.
2: Does that bear witness with you? Is it? you. Okay. Amen. Amen. That's just impressions I was getting, you know, as I pray. And I believe that's the Lord. But if it's not, you know what, forgive me. You know, please forgive me. But if you get a word that you're not really sure about, we talk about the little ability, put it on the shelf. That means you just sort of set it aside and just see what will happen. Uh, let me just real quickly, and we'll start to wrap up. Uh, gosh, it was back in the 90s, you know, I was in Bible college. I went kind of late in, went late in life. And I was at Memphis Bible College. I was working on my master's degree. And I got a word, a prophetic word, and the Lord said, Ray, I'm going to give you this college. Strange word. I'm going to give you the college? I mean, came out you know, weird. We're like, what? What? You know? What the, the furthest thing from my mind. You know, I had kind of a dream at that point that I was going to graduate and get a little pastoral, uh, pastor a church out in the country with a white picket fence like a Norman Rockwell painting and have a little parsonage to the side. I was going to preach on Sunday, do a Wednesday night Bible study and call it a day. That was my whole dream of life. That was it. That's all I planned to do. I finally went through. I was very blessed to get through to my doctorate program. I finished my doctorate degree. One month after I finished my doctorate degree, the president of Memphis Bible College got a job offer from ORU. The president of Memphis Bible College, a guy named Stephen Nielsen, he called me. He said, Dr. Ray, I've been offered a job with ORU. Would you take the presidency of Memphis Bible College? And I remember the word that I was given when I was working on my master's degree. And it made no sense to me. But later on, all of a sudden, he's like, wow, I remember that word. And I stepped into that. And that was just, you know, that's just the way God works. Amen? Amen. Amen. So what we want to do is is each has uh, received a gift, employ it, and serving one another. You know, sometimes I actually have people just go ahead and prophesy, but tonight I really felt, as talking to Pastor Joe, and, you know, I really run ideas by him because, you know, I pick on him, but he, he slams me. Trust me, I'm going to pay back. He's going to pay me back and pay me back and pay me back. Amen? But I respect him. Pastor Joe, I think he's an apostle and a prophet, and, uh, I, you know, I'm just going to embarrass him. I, he's the finest pastor I've ever met in my life, and I've known pastors for a long time. He really is. The, he's the real deal. But I'd like to do, if you're willing to receive it, if we may can get some, maybe some soft, you know, in the background kind of music that we could play, some little Celine Dion or some <laughs> something, you know, going <laughs> wind in my wings or uh, just some some kind of soft music. If you're willing to receive it. If you would like to be imparted with the gift, amen, I want to pray for you. Okay, we'll just have you stand up. Maybe just take a, have an attitude of receiving. You know what I like to do sometimes is I like to really hold my hands like I'm going to catch something. I know this is kind of corny, amen, amen, but uh, just like you're in a ready position, it takes an attitude of surrender, an attitude of trust. Now, I know I was corny and I was silly. Sometimes it's okay. It helps you relax, but the Scripture says we should desire it. And I believe God wants to give it. Amen. Now, once we get imparted with this gift, what I want you to do is I want you to practice this gift. I want you to just start praying for people. You know, whenever you can, pray for people and start listening to words that maybe come into your mind. You say, where did that word come from? Listen to impressions and thoughts and pictures and ideas. A lot of times prophecy is like these things that just pop into your brain out of nowhere. It just comes out of nowhere. It's not always planned. You, you know what I'm talking about, Tracy. You don't really think it out. It's like, it's just sometimes you open up. I've heard some people say the, the first time I heard up prophetic words when it came out of my mouth. Sometimes it, it pops I used to call them prophetic burps, like just sort, of, sort of pops out. That's not very spiritual, I know. But it's, it, it flows. But just all you have to do, after all I'm asking you to do is receive this gift. And whenever you can, whenever you get an opportunity, I want you to pray for your wife, pray for your children, pray for a friend, pray for the server at IHOP, pray for somebody, and as you pray, listen to impressions and thoughts that come into your mind and then dare to speak them out and just say something like, you know what, I believe I hear the Lord saying this to you, but you pray about it. And guess what, what if you miss it? Okay, you missed it. But what if, what if, what if, You nailed it, and you changed their life forever. What if you don't do it, and that opportunity is missed? Isn't it worth the risk? Isn't it worth the risk where you could bless somebody beyond their imagination, or you have too much pride? I don't want to be embarrassed. That's pride. What if I miss it? Uh, I'll look foolish. That's pride again. It's not about you. Be willing to be a fool for Christ. Amen? It's okay. I can't tell you how many times I've embarrassed myself. (laughs) But I'll tell you this. I will bet you about 95 to 98% of the time when I've done this, it turns out to be the Lord. When you dare to share. Amen? Amen. Are you ready to receive? That doesn't sound like Celine Dion. Are you ready to receive? (laughs) Y'all stand up. Amen? Y'all stand up. And I just want to pray over you, okay? I'm just right now, I'm just going to say a prayer. And he's going to, right where you are, amen, if you're willing to receive this. Now, your first thing is, uh, what I would like you to do is just pray. I'm going to say a prayer. You just repeat this after me, okay? If you want to, if you feel led to do this. Lord Jesus, I see in your word. For I am to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that I would prophesy. Lord, I desire the gift of prophecy. Your word says that, and your word cannot return void. I'm ready now, Father. I surrender. Now, you don't have to repeat anymore. Just this, this, in, your, in your spirit to surrender. In your spirit, in your heart, just relax. Just surrender. Holy Spirit, we surrender. Holy Spirit, we let go of our agendas. Holy Spirit, we let go of our analytical minds. Holy Spirit, I know we're not worthy except by the blood and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. You made us worthy, Lord Jesus. Your blood made us worthy. I claim the blood and the power of Jesus Christ over each person here. Father, we are worthy and righteous and justified by Jesus. Holy Spirit, you said we should desire spiritual gifts. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, come. Spirit of the living God, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Spirit of God, come. Spirit of God, come now. Come, come, touch now. Holy Spirit, touch. By the name and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, I impart the spirit of prophecy. The gift of prophecy, fall. And Holy Spirit, whatever gift you want to impart, Father, we will not limit you to one gift, Holy Spirit. Whatever gift you want to impart, we desire spiritual gifts. We desire your word, Father. We are earnestly, zealously coveting this gift, Holy Spirit. We're coveting this gift, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fall. Let the gift of prophecy fall now. The Holy Spirit, Fall. Gift of prophecy, fall now. The gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, faith, miracles, fall, healing now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Satan, you will not counterfeit this. And Satan, you will not cause confusion. And you will not cause doubt. I rebuke the spirit of doubt and unbelief. You will not even enter this room. Spirit of doubt and unbelief, you will not enter this room in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, fall. Spirit of the living God, fall. Prophecy, Fall. Holy Spirit fall. We love you, Lord. Receive the gift of prophecy. Receive whatever the Holy Spirit has for you. Be imparted. And now I ask you to commit to the Lord to employ this gift. Employ this gift and serve one another. This is our commitment as a body of Christ. Lord, we will employ this gift and we will serve one another with this gift. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. I feel like the Lord would like us to do a couple things. Pastor Fred, would you come up here with your wife, please? Just feel like we're supposed to pray over them this evening. That'd be okay. So ready and stand. Pastor Kevin, come join us. Um, I felt like I heard the Lord say that you guys in the ministry have been like a, a Moses couple, so to speak, and friends and family literally uh, abandoned you. You remember when Moses was put in the basket, and, and you know what it is to be abandoned by people that you really thought were family, and uh, such a hard thing, I mean, such an amazingly hard thing. But in the midst of all that, God still made a way. He always has made a way for you guys. And through all of that stuff that you've had to go through, you've, you've led so many people out of captivity <laughs> like Moses did. And you've got so many people that you've brought into the place in the body of Christ that they're supposed to be. And, you know, not many come back and say thank you like they should. <laughs> but I just uh, i don't know you very well. I just met you this evening. But on behalf of the Lord... I want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. So many have reached their destiny, Mr. Moses, because you guys were willing. And so a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of family members did said all kinds of stuff. But you know what? You let it go. You honored the Lord. And many people are walking in destiny today that you don't even know about. And I hear the Lord saying, you've affected several generations of people. And you're not going to know till you get to heaven <laughs> some of the impact that your life and ministry had.
2: You have um, sowed and sowed and sowed and never really asked for anything. You've even sowed an entire church into the kingdom of God. What an incredible... How much, I mean, the amount of seed you have planted, it's just unbelievable. And you, you're not even... You don't want a harvest for yourself, you just always want a harvest for God, that's all you've ever asked for. You don't ask for anything for yourself, but the Lord said he has a harvest for you personally. You haven't asked for much. It reminds me of Solomon who just, uh, he didn't ask for anything but wisdom and God just gave him incredible, incredible gifts. You haven't asked really for anything, but the Lord said you have sowed and sowed and sowed. You're good and faithful servants. Good and faithful servants, and people have no idea what it's like—not only to give your money, your time, your your effort, your gifts, your your blood, sweat, and tears—and then to sow your entire ministry to serve another ministry. What incredible faithful servant you are! Well done, good and faithful servant. Okay, you're just—you're the, the parable, of the talents. You're the most faithful servant in that
0: parable, is what I see.
2: No, well, I had well done. In
0: So would you just extend your hands toward them? Let's just bless them. Father, we thank you so much for this couple. And Father, we just ask that that spirit of abandonment would come off of them. Father, that you would lift off of them. And God, I pray that you'd heal all the wounds of all the things in the past of those that have abandoned. Father, we ask you, we ask you, God, To pour healing over them. To put oil in their wounds. And that, Father, that wisdom would continue to come out of them. Father, that wisdom would continue to flow through them to so many others. Father, we ask you to bless their household. Lord, we ask you that your presence would be so strong in their household. And, Father, somehow that thing that says that they are a disappointment somehow. Such a lie. You are not a disappointment. You are not a disappointment. You have done the things that God's given you to do. Remember what how it started with Moses. The Lord said, Moses, what do you got in your hands? He said, I just got a stick. And so you've taken the ordinary things that God's given you, and God's done extraordinary things with you. So, Lord, we bless them today with life, with life. And, Father, I, I, I just uh, I pray, Father, just... Uh, against the fear of cancer, Lord, fear of sickness, disease, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Father, we rebuke yeah. that off of them. We break every curse off of them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. We break the curses off of them, Lord. No cancer in this house. Yeah. We put the blood upon the doorpost of their house. And, Father, we pray healing and wholeness over their bodies, over their soul, yeah. and over their spirit. Yeah. Father, your word says, 1 Thessalonians 5:23. I would that you be whole body, soul, and spirit, and he who began that good work will complete it, and we trust that to you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Now we thought, you all thought you were just going to go home now, but you're not. You're going to get in groups of four, and you're going to get with people that you don't know very well, guys with guys and girls with girls, and you're going to start praying for one another, and you're going to prophesy over other people. And we're going to exercise what we began tonight. And so, right now, don't think about it. Don't get scared. I'm not going to give you time to get scared. I want you to go find four other people, girls with girls, guys with guys, right now. Come on, move, move, move. People you don't know that well, preferably. So, instruct them.
2: Okay. This is what I want you to do. The Scripture says that we should employ this gift. Get in groups of four. Try to pray. Don't be really loud because you interfere with everybody. Everybody listen up just for a second, okay? Everybody Let's let's lower your voices a little bit. Everybody lower your voices a little bit. Everybody get in groups. Okay, this is sort of what we call activation time. Yeah, you can. Don't worry about. Don't get legalistic about the numbers. Three, three and a half people is fine. So, what you want to do is start pick out one person and say, "You know, I want prayer." Everybody, start praying for that. Put your hand on that person, and I want you to pray. Just please, this is not time for counseling. This is not time for preaching. This is not time for telling your testimony. This is only time for prayer and prophecy. Okay, everybody, hear me. Let's be still. Let's be still, please. Let's be still. All I want you to do is this: it's time for prayer and prophetic words. Amen? Just one person say, I want prayer. Raise your hand if you want prayer. The other three people, begin to pray for them. And as you pray, I want you to listen to see what you hear the Lord saying to that person. When you finish with them, go to the next person. Amen? Holy Spirit, fall and have your way. Amen? Again, not time for counseling or preaching, just prayer and prophecy. Amen? You can do it.
1: Hey guys, we know, we know you're ministering and that's a precious, special moment, but we want to just give glory to God and if, if, if we can, uh, real quick, if I can get you somewhere, just for a moment, just a brief moment, how many of you tonight, let me ask first, felt like you in, in that group, you heard the voice of God, you received something that you heard the voice of God. And somebody prayed or prophesied. Let's wave it now. Wave it at me, man. Look at look at how God spoke to people tonight. Isn't that that's incredible? Now I want to ask you this: How many of you feel like I heard God's voice in order to say or speak something, to pray something to somebody? Lift your hand up. Come on, just kind of shake it up there. Isn't that cool? Now here's what's even cooler: Take it out of these walls when you're down at Bilow. In the frozen food section, in you never know where it's going to happen. Amen. Let me tell you, there was an anointing when he was praying for that. I, I just want to testify because, because I, you know, I've 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 flowed in prophetic things for years, but there was a, there was an anointing that came. I told Doctor Ray, I said I sensed, and I said, Lord, I, this is what I'm asking. I'm asking that you increase words of knowledge, that you would increase the the sharp sharpness and the clarity of words of knowledge. And God's, God's doing that. God bless you. Hey, I don't know what church you're going to in the morning, but you're going to have a great day at your churches tomorrow. So we want you to be blessed. Obviously, Legacy meets at 1030, and tomorrow night we wrap it up because I believe, I tell you what, I just, I just know for me, I think there's some really good things going to happen tomorrow night at 6 because if the sharpening of the word of knowledge is going to come, let's, let's wrap this up with a blast, all right? In Jesus' name. Lord, let's give him thanks. Lord, thank you tonight for what you've done in people's lives. You spoke to people. Maybe some life-altering, important things. You've inputted them, and so we take that seriously. And so we receive it. Uh, We're grateful for it. Thank you for using people that maybe have never felt like they've been used before.